everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hidden Gems podcast. And this is a show where we like to talk about a streaming service and the hidden gems that you can watch on that service. It's a lot of fun. I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel. It's great to be back with you once again. Uh, kind of mentally preparing myself because I was, for context, I was supposed to go see Avatar Way of Water with a friend, but it looks like the friend may have to... Uh, they have to bow out. So at the same oh. theater, I found out that they're showing the whale. And so I'm interested to go and see it. So I am mentally hyping myself up <laughs> because I know that that movie's probably going to tear me apart. <laughs> yeah, it was not my favorite, but it'll be interesting to see what you think. Because I, my friend Scott Menzel was his favorite of the year. So it's a very uh, divisive, uh, one of those divisive films. So. Yeah, but I hear Brandon Fraser is awesome. So I I've been a fan of the guy for a while now. So I mm-hmm. so I hope that this is a comeback for him. Yeah, it seems to at least uh be a comeback as far as him getting more roles and stuff. So that's exciting. Yeah, I've heard yeah. rumors that he might be interested in doing another mummy movie, which I would be interested in. Well, like I think what it was is that somebody asked him would you do and he was like sure (laughs) i'd do it uh but uh but yeah i mean it could be interesting i i i haven't seen were there three of those movies i think i only seen uh, the first one trilogy uh it was a trilogy if you don't count the scorpion king but it's uh three mainline mummy movies the mummy the mummy returns and the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor yeah how many times can that mummy return? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, at least with Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, it was a different one. So okay. diversified on that one. I don't think I ever saw any of those other ones. Just the first one. I Maybe. don't hate it. I don't hate it as much as everyone else. Maybe it's because I'm such a big fan of Jet Li, but he is at least good at that. The third one? Yeah. And I also, mm. and let me double check. Let me fact check myself. I think Michelle Yeoh was also in there. Oh, let me check yeah. before I speak too quickly. Uh, yes, she is. She oh, is. There we go. She's the uh, main romantic lead. It's a whole big. It's a whole big story, but she is in that. Oh, cool. Good. Well, why don't you tell everybody what streaming service we're talking about today? We're talking about Hulu, and honestly, the past couple of years have been really good for Hulu. They've been delivering with some of their originals, like Summer of Soul. Yeah was one of my favorite movies of 2021. Prey was better than it had any right to be. And so they've been secretly crushing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's kind of confusing for me, Hulu. I don't really understand it. Uh, like it was easy to understand when it was kind of adult Disney, right? And uh, But now you've got stuff like Logan and Deadpool and stuff like that on Disney+. Plus. So I don't really understand understand its role <laughs> but they have had some good stuff like i i don't get why certain things are they decide oh we're gonna put this on hulu or oh, we're gonna put this on disney plus but nevertheless yeah the they had some good stuff and i particularly wanted to do hulu because when we did our 2022 uh disney ranking uh me and stanford uh we had some hulu stuff that we watched uh and they were actually real surprising so you'll see i have two of those that i talked about in that podcast on this one. Oh, can't hear you 
that's my bad. <laughs> I mute <laughs> myself to check on one thing and I forget. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, uh, Prey last year, it didn't make my top 10, but that movie was surprisingly really good and a lot of fun. I mean, after yeah. The Predator, there was nowhere left to go but up. But So the job was done <laughs> for it. But Amber Mid-Thunder just did a great job with that. And mm -hmm. they pretty much made the most Predator movie that a Predator movie could be in 2022. So Dan Trachtenberg really over-delivered on yeah. that. Yeah, I've heard that. I didn't see, we didn't include it in our ranking because I, I've never seen any Predator movies, not even the first one. So it felt like a weird thing to like start out with this one, you know, and not have seen the first one. And I just didn't have time to to watch you know do a predator binge so i didn't i haven't seen it i didn't include it in the ranking uh but um but i have heard nothing but good things from everybody i know who's seen it so that's good the predator canon is loose at best so you can pretty much uh you can pretty much watch prey with no knowledge of the schwarzenegger predator and i think you'd be fine mm, okay. i would suggest watching predator because number one it's awesome but number two just for the historical significance. It adds a little bit of context as to how dangerous the Predator is. But if you go into Prey completely blind, I don't think you would suffer mm -hmm. from it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So Hulu's just kind of this like weird, confusing stepchild for Disney. I don't really understand what it is. But like you said, they do have some good stuff. They really do. Maybe. And this is just... I have no experience in like studio stuff. So I'm just doing full armchair quarterback. Look, there's my armchair. And I'm about to quarterback. But yeah. maybe, maybe they can treat it like they did touchstone back in the day. Just throw all of their more mm -hmm. near the knuckle stuff onto there. Well, I mean, that's what it was for a long time. It was sort of adult Disney. And so if they, but now they've allowed all these adult properties to get onto Disney plus. So it's just a little confusing. I thought that was I thought that was just in the UK and Europe and all that. No, no. You can watch Logan on Disney Plus. You can watch Deadpool on Disney Plus. You can watch Daredevil. Um, all these uh, and I I think the big problem is that like Bob Iger was somebody who really knew how to how to do branding. Mm -hmm. Like he knew how to like sell a a, a brand. And uh, Bob Chapek did not care about that, it's, at least from what I've seen. Uh, he did not care about that, and he let things get really murky. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see kind of a pullback from that now that Iger's back. But that's just my guess. <laughs> but well, anyway. Well, Iger's back in the chair, so it's yeah. looking like we might see some improvement, but who really knows? Well, let's dive in. Let's talk about it our five picks uh what is your first pick so my first choice and this is definitely the grayest of the gray area that i have that i've put myself into considering that it's very recent and it's from a very famous director but i'm going with the french dispatch the more i think about this movie the more i like it i don't think it's my favorite wes anderson that's still fantastic mr fox by a large margin but this movie's still a lot of fun. It's got all of Wes Anderson's friends, Bill Murray, Tilda Swinton, uh, yeah. Owen Wilson. You got some new people in there like Timothy Chalamet. But if you've seen him in one Wes Anderson movie, then they're in this movie somewhere. And I like right. the 
I like the anthology style that they went about this kind of like reading a newspaper about how there's different sections and different stories in each section. I still think my favorite section of the movie is the stuff with uh, Benicio or was it Benicio or was it Javier Bardem? He's the artist. Yeah, that's Benicio. the one. That was my favorite. I I like I like what they did with that. And I like the movie as a whole, but that section was my favorite. I got the most I got the most kick out of that one. And like I said, I don't think this is my favorite Wes Anderson. I still need to do a bit of a deep dive on Wes Anderson because I've only seen his more recent stuff. I haven't seen like Rushmore and all that. And I really got fixed that. But mm -hmm. I saw people saying like, oh, this is one of Wes Anderson's lessers. And I'm like, as someone who's only seen like his more recent stuff, I really like this one. So mm -hmm. I give this one a pretty positive re positive recommendation. Yeah, I did give it a positive review. I think the shorts are like a little bit hit and miss, but I love the one that involved the animation course. That was really cool. Um, and uh, the, um, yeah, I liked the artist one. That was pretty good. Uh, the one with uh, Francis McDormand and I think it's Tim Timothy Chalamet. I didn't like as much. That was, but overall, uh, it was a fun. I like I said in my review at the time, said uh, that it was. Uh, I said the French Dispatch is something to be appreciated more for its artistic accomplishment than its story, or in this case, stories. The cast feels underused at times, but if you like Wes Anderson, you'll enjoy it. Certainly not one of his best, but a fun enough lark. <laughs> Yeah, I will agree with you on the cast part. I mean, Bill Murray, I think, maybe has three scenes. Three yeah. Or four scenes. He's the editor, and he's dead, like, in the first, like, like, oh, he's dead now. I'm like, way to use Bill Murray. I mean, get your bag, Bill, but, I mean, come on. Yeah, and as I recall, Owen Wilson's barely in it. I think he has, like, two lines, too. Let's go on a sightseeing tour. That's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> But but I, I think it counts. I feel like it's a movie that got kind of lost in 2021 uh, that uh, nobody really talked about. It didn't get any Oscar nominations, even for production design or um, costume design, which is surprising because those were exemplary. Uh, those were always great in Wes Anderson. And uh, I, I'm not sure why anybody that's a Wes Anderson fan wouldn't like, like this. Uh it, it probably is not something that's going to win over people that don't like him, but uh, if you're open to him, which I am, uh, then you probably enjoy it. I, I think my favorite, I love, I love Fantastic Mr. Fox. That is probably my favorite, uh, but uh, Grand Budapest of Hell is probably my second favorite. I think that one's really good. Yeah, that's another good one. That's definitely in the top five, but I mean, Fantastic mm -hmm. Mr. Fox is so wonderful in so many ways. That scene where, like, where Mrs. Fox scratches Mr. Fox's face, and, and she and she like asks, "Why did you do this?" And he's like, "Because I'm a wild animal." Like, I felt that right here. Like, that scene was just brilliant. The whole movie's mm -hmm. brilliant, but that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my first uh, pick is a little movie called Rosalind. And this is one of the ones that we watched for uh, for our Disney ranking. 
so this was just from uh, 2022 uh, and it's this kind of fun uh, kind of soft satire fun modern take on Romeo and Juliet uh, it but it's a little bit sarcastic it's a little bit different it has a different you know some different endings and different story and uh, it stars Caitlin Deaver and Isabella Marced uh and it's it's a lot of fun they do some creative stuff i think if i was a teenager i would really really enjoy this one yeah isn't that the one where rosalind is like the ex-girlfriend of romeo is that the one she get like she gets dumped oh yeah that's the yeah one. yeah yeah i saw and... the trailer and i just was like not for me <laughs> it, it, oh. it it didn't look that good but if you liked it then I may have uh, spoken too soon. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty creative, uh, fun take on, I mean, what else can you do with Romeo and Juliet? You know, it feels like that story has just been done to death, but uh, but they tried something and I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was fun. So, yeah, also, uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Caitlin Dever, who is, who plays Rosalind in mm-hmm. uh, in there i i really liked her in the show last man standing and uh she's been good in other smaller roles i know she was in book smart but i still have not seen it i know bad me i haven't seen it but i've heard good things <laughs> yeah she's really good in book smart and uh and yeah just in general i she's a she's a fun actress and uh i i just thought it was a creative new fresh take on uh on a story that we've seen a lot of times so like if you like things like 10 things i had about you or you know stuff like that like kind of fresh takes on shakespeare she's the man then i think you'll enjoy this so uh what's your next pick so my next choice is a documentary from from mid to late last year and this is a documentary that i watched on a bit of a whim and i absolutely loved it's called well it's ironic (laughs) i say i loved it and it's called it has love in the title it's called fire of love this is from national geographic and it tells the story of maurice and katia no that's not her name yeah katia Katia. oh that is her name thank you Maurice and Katya Kraft, who from the late 70s to the early 90s, uh, they were volcanologists. They went and they studied volcanic activity, which is a job that I would never apply for because I don't live near a volcano. And I'm so grateful that I don't because those things low-key kind of scare me. They're unpredictable. You could be just driving to work one day and all of a sudden, (laughs) like, oh, the volcano's acting up again. But uh, but I love this documentary so much. The footage that the crafts were able to get was so I can't I couldn't believe it. I was watching it like this was captured with 1980s hardware. How is this possible? Like they were they were clearly like cinematographers in a past life because it shows. And the movie did a good the the movie did a good job of showing that they took their jobs very seriously and they kind of dedicated their lives to it because they were so disappointed after vietnam and all that they were just so disappointed in the human world they were like you know what we're just going to study volcanoes for the rest of our lives there's a nobleness about that that i really liked and i just i liked this couple i loved how they just supported each other and were there for each other 
to literally their dying days. They literally died together watching a volcano in Japan. It's sad, but also like they died doing what they loved. So there's a a weird sort of contentment about that. Yeah. But uh, it's really sad that this movie didn't get as much love as it should have gotten. Maybe it's the Nat Geo factor. I'm not sure, but it's a great documentary. I mean, the documentary branch is ridiculous, but uh, but I would still be surprised if it didn't get nominated for best documentary. Uh, but uh, you know, I they never cease to amaze me with their stupidity. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is I enjoyed this. I thought it was good. The 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 volcano footage. I saw this at Sundance last year. The volcano footage was unbelievable. I think that they must have had a hard time finding people who actually knew them because they did pass away in 91. Um, because I, that was the only thing that I kind of wished that we'd gotten a little bit more about them and their life. It was a lot of the volcanoes, uh, but it still was really good. And, uh, and yeah, that footage was awe-inspiring, really incredible. Yeah, I will give you that. Uh, the narrator sounded like, she she definitely did not know these people. I mean, they died in 91. So I imagine that that it must have been hard. But I can see where you're coming from. To like get a friend of theirs or a colleague. Yeah. And they I didn't guess. have any children. So they don't have those, you know, that. Uh, but um, it's interesting. The narrator is actually the director, um, Miranda July is her name. And um, she uh, she's done a bunch of indie films uh, in uh uh, directed a bunch of indie films including i wasn't a big fan of it but a lot of other people loved it was some kajillionaire anyway it's kind of interesting that they have this indie director as the narrator yeah she had a good voice for it and all but yeah i do see where you're coming from it, it definitely would have helped like i said get a colleague a friend someone mm-hmm. of that nature yeah uh they must have had a hard time finding people i mean that's just my guess is that but um but yeah, it's a good a good movie. I definitely gave it a good review. Uh, so my next choice is another one that we talked about in the 2022 ranking, and that's um uh, that's Darby and the Dead, and uh, this is it feels like a Disney Channel original movie, but it's longer and it uh, has more swearing. <laughs> so that's probably why it ended up on Hulu as well as Disney Plus. But it's really charming. Uh, it's about this girl uh, played by Riley Downs who can see dead people. <laughs> Sixth Sense. Uh, and one of the one of the people that she sees is uh, Leia Cravalho, who I love. Uh, and uh, she kind of she 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 starts this business. Uh, um, uh, she talking to talking to the spirits and uh things get kind of complicated and there's this boy and and uh she starts helping people talk to the spirits and uh it was really it was cute it was really charming i i i you know i'm pretty hit and miss when it comes to teenage characters and a lot of stuff but this they were both uh likable and funny and so i enjoyed it it was it was a fun little teenage movie 
Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer for this. It was uh, on one of my Life in the Movies preview episodes. And it was a time factor. It got away from me, so I didn't see it. But I do remember liking the premise. I believe it definitely was like, this is basically the sixth sense with more steps. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but it definitely yeah. sounds interesting. Auli Carvalho is super talented, so I would check it out at least for her. Yeah, I really love her I, I ever since moana i i she just seems like a really sweet down-to-earth person and very talented so i'm always glad when she's getting roles so uh what's your next pick so my next one is uh one that i covered from scary mania 3 last year it's 28 weeks later this is the sequel to 28 days later and well, as the movie suggests, it picks up 28 weeks after the initial outbreak in 28 days later. Mm -hmm. When the movie picks up, they've actually curtailed and tamped down the zombie infection to the point of reversing it and starting to cure people. Zombies do still exist in this world. However, they're nowhere near as bad and it's starting to get a little better to the point where people have been let back into London again. But things go awry as you might expect with a sequel like this. This is a movie I did not expect to like, but I honestly think it's very underrated. It's got people who either would become successful or were successful already. One of the army generals is played by Idris Elba, and this is a couple years before he would be on The Office, and then Luther, and he would go on to become a big success. One of another soldier is played by Jeremy Renner, who, well, mm. unfortunately, he was in the news recently with his recent accident. I hope he gets better soon. It looks like he is on the road to recovery from the videos that I've seen. I hope he does get better soon. Uh, but he is good in here, and Really, I give this a recommendation because of the opening 15 minutes, because this sequel did not have to go that hard in the first 15 minutes, but it did, and it was subtly really great. And it made me kind of excited, and I hope, and I believe this is in the cards, I hope they do like a 28 months or a 28 years later, because this screams to have a trilogy, like a 28 days, 28 weeks, and a 28 months later. Like, just have do it do it, it i like the symmetry of it especially coming off of covid i mean there's so much material you could do with that but anyway this is a very underrated sequel hmm. cool i've never seen any of them so it's interesting yeah, yeah and, and you're right it does have a great cast rose byrne mm -hmm. then imogen Potts. and it's nowhere near as good as 28 days later let me just get that out of the way and danny boyle was not involved in this because he was busy with another project but for what this is, it was better than it was expected. Cool, cool. Uh, well, my next pick is, a, is, I don't know if you'd call it a classic rom-com, but it is one from 1994 that's, I think, pretty well loved. Um, it's called Only You. And if you want to see like an early non-Marvel Robert Downey Jr., then this is a fun one. And... It stars Brissa Tomei, and she plays this woman who has had this dream her whole life that she was going to marry someone named Damon Bradley. And, but she just hasn't met him. 
And so she's just about to get married and she decides uh, that she needs to give it one last chance. And so she goes to Venice and uh, she, uh, she meets somebody and he says that he's Damon Bradley, but he's actually not. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, there's sort of a, 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 she thinks that he's this person from her dreams and, uh, they fall in love and, and, uh, but if he's not actually Damon Bradley, will you know, will she accept? Of course she does. It's just cute. Uh, and you get a lot of Italy and that's been a big thing on, on Hallmark and Netflix and all the channels this last year. It was like every movie, every other movie was set in Italy or an Italian restaurant. <laughs> it was like, what is happening? I mean, have so, you seen Italy? I mean, I saw yeah. a director of it many years ago and I was sitting there <laughs> like, I could live there. <laughs> Evidently it's the only place that you can fall in love. I went when I was 17 and did not fall in love. So I am very disappointed. <laughs> forget paris rome is where it's at. yeah i guess so <laughs> no but, but honestly i'd never heard of this one so i so it's a hidden gem to me yeah but yeah i find it funny that uh it, well this is directed by norman jewison who directed fiddler on the roof so this mm -hmm. is a pretty fiddler on the roof and the and the flash gordon movie which is super underrated well so, he has such a wide he had such a wide uh, repertoire because he did Moonstruck, yeah. which is one of my all-time favorite romantic comedies. In the heat, then he did In the Heat of the Night, which is uh, you know very intense, and Fiddler on the Roof, um, and uh, and then this, and uh, he did the Thomas, the original Thomas Crown Affair, Rollerball. He, he did Jesus Christ yeah. Superstar. Like he was like Robert Wise, range, just, just going from genre to genre to genre yeah. like a pinball. But I find Man it funny. Range. I find it in, funny that in this movie, Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei are a thing, and in the MCU, Robert Downey Jr. plays Tony Stark, and Marissa Tomei plays Aunt May. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. That could not have been an accident. That <laughs> had to have been. Kevin Feige must have watched this movie and been like, "Call Marissa. <laughs> I have a funny pairing." <laughs> well and the woman doesn't age she looks exactly no. the same as no, she, she did has, in the 90s she has been beautiful for decades now yeah yeah one real quick this is an aside uh that i announced my 2023 blind spot picks for this uh year and uh, every year i've been doing it since 2016 i pick 12 films that are uh that are appraised i try to give some variety so that they're not all like super artsy i try to have cult classics and just a, a variety of different things in there um to keep it fun and uh, so i'm going to tell real quick my pick so january i have the raid i've never seen that and then february it's it's love i'm after which is uh, a um rom romantic comedy starring leslie howard and olivia de Havilland. Uh, the year before they um, made um, uh, they were in Gone with the Wind together. So I'm kind of excited about that. And then March, I have Slapshot, uh, which is this hockey movie I've never seen. <laughs> the Hanson brothers. <laughs> yes. Um, and then in April, I'm watching Jeannie uh, Dalman, uh, which was, came out as the winner of the um, Sight and Sound poll. 
So I've never, I'd never heard of it. So I figured, well, better watch it. And then in May, I'm watching the, the original 1983 National Lampoons. I've never seen it. Oh, the original uh, Vacation? Yeah, yeah, the original. I've seen oh, like Christmas, that's... but I've never seen the original. So That's a very interesting movie. <laughs> it's, it's really a snapshot of the early 80s and who was involved in comedy at the time. John yeah. Candy is in the movie. I won't say where, but you'll know mm-hmm. him when you see him. Well, I've had very mixed results with... 80s comedies like I was not a big fan of Beverly Hills Cop I wasn't a fan of Lethal Weapon so we'll see uh how I like this one um but then June I have Tokyo Story which is a classic July I'm watching Face Off for the first time I've never seen it oh I cannot wait to read your thoughts (laughs) on that one because that movie is so gold it's so gold for me like John Travolta and Nick Cage two of the great over actors of all time in a movie for one time only and it's mm-hmm. beautiful and it, and John Wu <laughs> directs it so there's doves there's slow-mo it's like a slice of the late 90s an hour and hour and like 20-ish minute slice of the late 90s I love it yeah I'm excited and then in August I'm doing the secret life of Walter Mitty which I've always wanted to watch I just never have seen it for some reason uh and then September out of sight uh Steven Soderbergh October I you know I've been trying to catch up on these classic uh uh horror trying to be more educated I'm watching Trick or Treat uh in October so that will be the the Michael Doherty one from 2007 mm-hmm. oh that movie's so good I it, it's not too like it's not too scary for a horror that's what movie, I've heard from a lot of friends but it captures October like so well mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's such a great little snapshot of Halloween. That's what I've heard from a lot of friends. So November, uh, I'm watching A Fistful of Dollars. Oh, that's a classic. And it's Eastwood. Very, it's very long, but it is a great movie. Are you, mm-hmm. I would say, the canon is loose, but I mean, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is obviously the one people recommend the most. But Fistful of Dollars is great as well. Yeah, I'll have to remind me. Then December, I'm watching Trading Places, a, another 80s comedy. So, oh, I've never, I've never, yeah, seen with Eddie Murphy and, um, and, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, it's a Christmas movie, and there's just not that many Christmas movies left I haven't seen. <laughs> oh, that's so that does not shock me in the slightest, <laughs> right? So, anyway, that was a tangent, but, uh, I am excited about it. I think it's a good variety. Got some comedy, got some, got a Western, got, um a indies uh international got a little bit of everything so i'm excited no, still I'm let's looking forward to reading that yeah so i think do, do you just have one more or two I more believe, where are we at i forgot i believe i have let me check i've got two, two more two more okay what's your next pick so my next choice is from 2003 and it's a comedy that i have a lot of good feelings over it's called shanghai nights this is the sequel to shanghai noon starred jackie chan and owen wilson and <clears throat> this isn't like a one of the greatest of all time but for some strange reason when i was a kid i watched this movie a lot and i can remember it just so vividly maybe it's because jackie chan is just awesome and the fight scenes in this movie are predictably great and owen wilson is good in this as well there's several like little in jokes like 
Jackie Chan's character's name is Chan Wang, W-A-N-G-C-H-O-N. But when you say it really fast, it says John Wayne. So it's so there's several little in jokes there. And then uh, one of the other characters, because this takes place in London, the main character is a detective named Artie Doyle, Arthur Conan Doyle. And there is a subplot where he says to himself, where he says to the characters, you know, I never wanted to be a, I never wanted to be a detective. I always wanted to be a writer. I'm like, give it a few years. I think you'll stumble onto something. And then there's this little boy who helps them, and his name is Charlie Chaplin. So it's, it. I think it's fun. I think it's not in your face, but it's these little passing where if you pay attention to them, you're like, oh yeah, that's that's a fun little nod there. And like mm -hmm. I said, it's not like greatest of all time. It's very much it is what it is. It's a fun mystery. Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan are really good together. There's Kung Fu. It's just great. It's definitely a movie for me. Yeah, I remember seeing the first one, but I don't really remember the second one. You know, it's weird. I, I never saw Shanghai Noon, but I saw the the crud out of Shanghai Nights. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm sure I saw both of them, but they just kind of running together in my memory. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it's the kind of movie that you'd see on TBS all the time or TNT one of those you know kind of that yeah. would be on cable a lot oh yeah that's for yeah. sure yeah well my next pick uh definitely has a hive that loves it there's a definite uh fan base but hey i thought it was worth bringing up uh we're talking about alita battle angel and i mean there were people that were like this is the best movie ever made and i'm definitely not in that camp but like it was good i enjoyed it um <laughs> I uh, I think that Rosa Salazar was really good as Alita. She's very 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 good, and Crystal Waltz was fine. Uh, and in it, and you've got um Jennifer Connelly, Marcel Lee, so it's got a great cast, and it looks beautiful. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, along with James producer James Cameron, uh, they made a very very beautiful film. I think it is too long. It kind of drags at points, but. Um, it looks great, and uh, and I think that her character is compelling. You care about her character, um, and uh, you know she's this cyborg uh, that uh, had, doesn't have any memory of what's happened to her. So uh, I think that I think it's a worthwhile film to watch. Yeah, it's definitely the least Robert Rodriguez movie of all time, but I can definitely. Like the whole Make Alita 2 like fandom, I never really got super into. I thought mm -hmm. the movie was pretty good, but considering the creative forces behind it, Robert Rodriguez in the director's chair, James Cameron in the producer's chair, I'd love to see a sequel for this. I thought the movie was pretty good, but I hope there is enough juice. And there is definitely a lot of juice left to squeeze in this story. Mm -hmm. I sincerely hope that they do make a sequel. If for nothing else, bring Edward Norton back as that villain. I want to know more about him. Well, and I think it's based on manga. So I think there's other stories to tell. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. What is your next or your last pick? So my last choice is, I believe, from 2018, and it is called Chappaquiddick. And this is the story of Ted Kennedy and the infamous 
car accident in Chappaquiddick in which he left one of his assistants who he was, I suppose, having an affair with down there to drown in the car and the whole fallout from that. I I don't really, I think politics is kind of exhausting nowadays. It's just like a bunch of, and I just can't stand it. But I love political movies. I can't, it's it's weird. I'm not as big into sports, but I love sports movies. And yeah. I'm not as big into politics, but I love movies about politics. I can't put my finger on why I am the way that I am, but I just am. And I especially love these smaller stories like this because the Kennedy family back then was humongous. And especially after the death of JFK, like everyone was just like, oh God, the Kennedys have been through so much. And it was like, Ted is going to be the guy. And he was the lion of the Senate and he would eventually have a legendary tenure. But it was like, there was this dark cloud hanging over his head called Chappaquiddick. And it was like, he couldn't, they couldn't prove anything, but everyone kind of knew. They just knew in the back of their minds. But uh, Jason Clark plays Ted Kennedy and he's good. Jim Gaffigan, who's one of my favorite stand-up comedians, he's in this in a brief role and it's nice to see him. Ed Helms is in there and there's too many Boston accents. That's what I will say. Just be prepared <laughs> for a lot of, I parked my car in the Harvard <laughs> yard. Yeah. Like, like just them saying things like the, <laughs> like pot and just like yeah. all these other things. It's amazing. They didn't get any of the Wahlbergs to be in the movie. <laughs> that was a massive missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah. But it's, but it's a very solid little drama and i give it a, a big recommendation mm -hmm. yeah i've never seen that one i've heard good things about it uh that it was well made and well done so yeah that's interesting i mean it, it's just the fact that he was able to rebound probably because he was a kennedy and uh, it was is the is the reason but i mean i guess when you think about it uh the even someone like uh George uh George W. Bush, like he had, you know, his DUI and other things like that. He didn't kill anybody, but anyway. So it, you can get with the right family name, you can you can get past stuff like that. Remember, kids, it's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> yeah. Sad but true. Uh all right. Well, my last one is another one that we talked about in the our 2022 ranking, Disney ranking. It's uh good luck to you, Leo Grand. Um, and this, uh, this movie is one is a movie that kind of feels like a play. It's just really, it's about just these two people, uh, really in a hotel room for like 90% of the movie. And basically it is, a, this is an adult story. Um, but you have this woman who, uh, she hires an escort named Leo Grand, uh, who's played by Dale McCormick and she, uh, and it's just about their interactions together and he helps her kind of uh overcome a lot of um uh, a lot of negative self-talk and other things that she's been having for years and years and years and she grows to kind of respect him uh and what he does and his choices and People say, oh, this is very sex positive, which is true. Um, but really the the main star of this movie is 
both of the performances are excellent and you really get to know these characters. The script is the main star. It is so well done and you really feel like you know both Leo Grand and Nancy uh, by the end of it and you've seen them go through a whole story arc together and you've come attached to the characters and Emma Thompson is so good uh, in this movie and I, I've i lost track of whether this is considered uh, if, if this is for oscars or emmys which one i don't know but um uh but either way she should get some kind of recognition because she was excellent uh in the role and uh it's just a very 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 good script that that you become very attached to the characters through the of course it's not like a topic that i would typically watch and i was a little bit hesitant but i had so many people say this is really good we should watch it and they were right it is really good it's very well done um so there we go. You know, for some strange reason, I thought it was good luck Leo Grande because of how it is spelled, but it's Leo mm, Grande. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I like I said, I was hesitant with sort of the topic, but it's all handled with a lot of class and uh, and it's really about the characters. Yeah, right. So there we go. We did it. Very good. When you talked about, let's go over our picks real quick. I have Rosalind uh, and then Darby and the Dead, Only You, Alita, the Battle Angel, and Good Luck to You, Leo Grant. And I had the French Dispatch, Fire of Love, 28 Weeks Later, Shanghai Nights, and Chappaquiddick. Very good. All right. Well, let us know what you've been watching on Hulu. We didn't uh, really talk about any of the shows that they have on there. So if you're a fan, uh, uh, let us know what you enjoy on Hulu. We'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments. Uh, and uh, Ryan, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. Then there's, of course, my YouTube channel, which is just called Ryan Cam. Uh, this is going up on Friday, which means that my Rocky series has begun, where I'll be reviewing every Rocky film in honor of Creed Three. So the first Rocky, I guess, re-review because I covered it for the AFI project. But, uh, I mean, you can't talk about Rocky too much, in my opinion. That movie's an all-timer. And yeah. then on Monday, I will be continuing my Shyamalan project, reviewing all the Shyamalan movies I've yet to cover in honor of Knock at the Cabin. Uh, Going to be talking about Lady in the Water. Oh. Yeah, that was a brutal sit. <laughs> but, the but the happening was even worse. So watch me in my pain if you are interested. And then they're both they're both really bad. They're, yeah, yeah. They really and, are. Uh, I plan on having a whale review up when I do see that. And also at the very least, and I want to take my mom to see this, but a man called Otto, because I think that movie's gonna be really good. So, uh, yeah, I'm planning on writing up my review today. I'm behind. I have like five reviews I need to write. Well, <laughs> so, if have, but if you but have yeah, not, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. If you have not checked me out, please do. Yeah, yeah, and it's a man called it caught out called auto is, is really good. I love the book and I love the Swedish film. Uh, and they're all but they're all excellent. So definitely uh, check them out and you can watch uh the swedish film on canopy uh they were just tweeting about it the other day 
So if, if, uh, if people want, but anyway, uh, you can find me at Rachel's reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron tomatoes, check that out. Also, uh, we're doing every Monday for family movie night in January. I'm catching up on my Disney Canon project. Uh, so we have, uh, frozen two and Raya and Encanto and strange world that all be this month. So that's going to be really fun. And uh, lots of other good stuff going on on the channel. And of course, over at Homeworkies Podcast, you want to check that out as well. And, uh, and yeah, let us know what you think about all the things we talked about. And uh, we'll, and, and check out the Patreon and the merch store. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.